Hey folks, this is Kevin. On this week's episode of Risk, you'll hear Rain DeGray. I have new respect for murderers. They're always like, show, they're just like digging holes and dropping bodies. That shit's challenging. You're going to be out there for a while. That and more. But before that, you know, we're always looking for ways that you all, the Risk listeners, can get to know us a little bit better behind the scenes. The staff here. We have this amazing staff of audio editors, John LaSala, Hope Brush, Jeff Barr, Taj Easton, and we thought it would be fun if you, the listeners, had sort of a ask me anything, you know, not necessarily about like the technical stuff about audio editing, (laughs) but more like who we are, you know, what motivates us. You hear the names of the editors mentioned on the episodes all the time. You might wonder where these particular people come from, how they navigate their lives, (laughs) how they, you know, work with the rest of the team or whatever. Maybe you can think of questions to ask us, to get us sharing some of our stories. I'm going to post about this in the Risk Podcast Fans discussion group on Facebook, but you can also email me your questions at kevin at risk-show.com, and hopefully we can record a fun Patreon check sort of thing where you can hear all of our voices and get to know the editing team a little bit better. And for tons more bonus content like that, about 100 hours of it, please support us by becoming a member at patreon.com slash risk. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Now here's the show. Kids, this is Risk, 
the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison. This is Rasan Roland Kirk behind me now. And we're calling this week's episode Nailed It, a story about crucifixion <laughs> and a story about a mother who, given the choice of the wrong thing to say, always hits the nail on the head. Rain de Grey was at the Reno, Nevada show that we did last year. As you'll hear, she is a, an extraordinary human being all around, a writer, a sex educator, a porn star of the most groundbreaking and adventurous sort. And she'll be telling the second story you'll hear. But before that, the Dave half of the Disturbingly Pragmatic podcast with Dave and Paul <laughs> if you've never heard the Disturbingly Pragmatic podcast, Dave and Paul are a couple in Toronto, and they have the most absurdly surprising conversations. You can hear me on an episode of Disturbingly Pragmatic from last April. I was very stoned. <laughs> they were a laugh riot. And at some point that day, Dave told me a story that I thought would be fun for him to flesh out here on Risk. And you're about to hear it now. So without further ado, here is Dave with a story we call, I Carry a Gun Too. <laughs> So, basically, this is the story of me coming out to my mom. My mom was a very interesting person in my life. She was more like an aunt than a mom because my grandparents raised me. And the reason my grandparents raised me was because my mom had perhaps some issues with alcohol, which may have affected the way that her mind processed things. Great example of this was back in the 90s, Pope John Paul II, the very Polish Pope John Paul II, came to Toronto as part of a popey visit. And we're watching the coverage of this, and my mom is sitting beside me on the couch, and she's just said, wow, will you look at him? He's such a great pope. And she turned to me and said, and to think, he was born in Toronto. And I, I'm not the type of person who is dumbstruck by things that people say very often, but my mom had this innate ability. And again, I think it's because of the fact that she had some interesting alcohol mind-related issues that popped up every once in a while. And this was the time. So I just sat there and I looked at her and I went, what? The very Polish Pope John Paul II was born in Toronto, you say? Does he know this? She would constantly come out with things like that. So, smash cut to me being an older person. My mom hasn't raised us, so she's more of an aunt figure than a mom figure. I, in the 80s, discovered quite enthusiastically that I was gay. That I quite enjoyed my male friends. But the 80s were also the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, and it was not a good time at 13 years old to come out of the closet as being gay in the 80s. It just wasn't. Like, nowadays, you can fly your way to that closet at six years old and be fine with it. But back in the 80s, that just was not a thing. 
So I'm 28 years old. I've had a couple of girlfriends in the loosest of air quotes over the 28 years of my life, but nothing that you would think an adult male who wasn't hideous looking and had an okay personality would get. Like basically you would think by 28, you're pretty much in a long-term relationship with someone for years. That hadn't happened. My mother had antenna in her head for things like this. And I guess she decided at age 28, wait a second, I haven't seen any women in this picture. What's going on? So she started to do her little inquiries with the family, my brother, my uncle, both of whom are nowhere in my sexual life whatsoever, have no idea about who I'm having sex with, who I'm interested in, none of that but probably have a little bit of a mental clue that, yeah, he's kind of gay. It's kind of gay. But to their credit, they deferred to me. They said, if you'd like to know whether or not he's gay or straight or in between, you have to ask him yourself. You can't just come to us. So I started to get the phone calls from them saying, hey, you may want to have a conversation with mom because she's starting to put two and two together in her head to make 15. So you may want to clear that up. My idea was, hey, it's around Christmas time. We're going to go and we're going to do some Christmas shopping at the mall. I may as well take my mom out to lunch. And after a festive day of Christmas shopping, I will open my life to her and reveal to her exactly who I am. I would bring her into my personal way of being. So we're sitting there in this restaurant. You've got the bustle of shoppers, you've got waiters and waitresses going by at light speed, you've got Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters singing fa-la-la-la-la in the background, and I'm sitting opposite my mother, and she's nervous, because I have a feeling her antennas were up, and she said, uh-oh, something's amiss here, and it's going to happen today. So I looked to her and I just said, Mom, I understand you've been asking questions of the family, and I'm sitting right here, so if you had any questions that you might want to ask, now would be a great time to ask them. Hint, hint. And she's sitting there eating her steak, and my mother, again, was not one for not saying things. But when presented with a nervous question sort of situation, she went back into her haunches and wasn't about to be the first person out of the gate. And she said, no, I don't, what questions? Why is the sky blue? I'm not sure. I don't have any questions for you. Do you have questions for me? And I'm like, okay, well, you gave birth to me and I know I want to be honest about myself. And so I looked deep into her eyes and I just, with the confidence of somebody nowadays who I think are 13 doing this, but for me it was 28, and I just looked into her eyes deeply and I said, mom, I want you to know about me, who I am as a person, and I'm gay, Mom. I'm gay. And she sat there. And I'm listening to some Bing Crosby shit playing in the background. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting for some sort of a response at all. And she's just looking at me. And what felt like 10 minutes goes by, but it was, in fact, probably 30 seconds. She just looks me deep in the eye. And she says, well, I was a hooker once. <laughs> and I sat there dumbfounded and it was just like my mom to take that moment 
and try to have a one-upsmanship game in order to make it, you know, weird and about her and not just about the fact that I was trying to come out to her. So finally, after an awkward amount of silence time happened where I'm not saying anything and she's not saying anything, I guess she felt the need to say something else because she followed it up with, I carry a gun too. And that's when I just said, okay, mom, that's enough. That's enough. This was my moment with you, and you have now completely <laughs> blown it out of the water. For the next 10 years, I sat there, and every time I thought about this, I was just uncomfortable. But as time went on, I was able to see that it's actually one of the funniest coming out stories that I've ever heard, and it happened to be mine. And I love the fact that my mom gave that to me. She hasn't been with us for a number of years now, but it is something that will stay with me forever. She managed to make my coming out, quite frankly, all about her, but in a hilarious way that added dividends to me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Mom, uh, I have something I want to say to you. I want you to know who I am because I'm proud of who I am. Mom, I'm gay. You haven't said a thing about my bangs. I've been wanting to tell you guys this for like a really long time, um, but so I'm bisexual. I don't have my hair aid on. What the hell do you want? Basically, like I wanted to tell you, like I wanted to tell you that, like I'm gay. You know, not long ago, I, I dug up my whole, you know, family that was in one cemetery, part of the family's in another one, dug them all up and took them all out to the farm. I wanted to tell you that I'm gay. Do you realize that Betty Davis is responsible for one of my failed marriages after she tried to screw my boyfriend? I was the first person to send a congratulatory note and a bouquet. So, okay, you know how, like, I've been, like, really anxious and stuff? Yeah, I like guys. I used to tap dance. I wanted to have fun. I can tap dance up and down. We'll be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. We're back. When I was a kid, I never planned on being a porn star. I wanted to be a librarian. My very first job when I was 15 was stocking books in a library. And I loved it. I loved the smell of the paper. I loved the feeling of it under my fingers. I would look at shelves of knowledge, each one a testament of years of someone's knowledge poured into these books. I'm like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a gay, homosexual, heroin-addicted author. <laughs> no. <laughs> I started looking into a degree in library sciences, and I'm like, there's no money in it. Parents are freaking out. Like, they think you're going to try and corrupt your children. Everything's moving online. Fuck it. I'm not actually going to become a librarian. So I became a porn star instead. <laughs> That's a logical <laughs> career choice. See, okay, so what happened was um, I believe that there's a certain percentage of people that are born kinky. And I am one of those people. And I first realized this when I was eight years old and my mother found me in front of the linen closet at midnight. And she's like, now Rain, what are you doing? You should be in bed. And I'm like, I, I know mom, but what I'm, I'm getting a pillowcase to put it over my head so I can imagine that the bad men have kidnapped me because I'm doing live action role play abduction fantasies at the age of eight. <laughs> And my mother, like, bless her heart, she's a hippie. She's like, okay, no shame here. All right, well, you get your pillowcase and you go to bed and I hope you have... <laughs> and it actually ended up being a little awkward. I'm like, wait a minute, fantasy's better in my head than reality. Hold on a titch. And uh, I got my pillowcase and I went to bed and I'm like, this was more exciting before my mom caught me. <laughs> 
So shame was never part of my parents' toolbox. And when I left my house, I started exploring the kink lifestyle. I had the fortune of being born in San Francisco, which is one of the kink capitals of the world. And I started exploring kink. And one day I was playing at a local dungeon and someone said to me, hey, Rain, you should put in an application to kink.com. And I was like, what, who, me? Well, I mean, imagine getting paid to do the stuff you're already doing for free. Sure, fuck, why not? I'll put in an application. So I did. Well, like, what was the worst they could do? Say no. I'm not scared to fail. I'd rather try something and not like it than be on my deathbed and think of all the things I wish I'd had the courage to try and it was too late. <laughs> fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> you might not like it, you might love it. When I was a kid, I hated Brussels sprouts. Now it's delicious. I gave Brussels sprouts a chance. Mwah. I put in an application and Kink's like, come on down. And I was like, okay. And they booked me for two shoots, one for uh, Wired Pussy and one for Device Bondage. And I fucking loved it. And then next week, Kink's like, would you like to do another shoot? And I'm like, the answer is yes, I would. They kept booking me. All of a sudden, I was accidentally a BDSM porn star. Totally didn't plan that. Here's the great thing about being a porn star, if you're doing kink play, which is what I'm into, is it's completely safe. I can't go to Craigslist. Please don't kill me. I don't want to end up in a ditch. This could be awkward. When you're on set, you have licensed professionals. There's an insurance company. There, there's people on, in your, your safe word's going to be respected. I got access to the coolest props, the best toys, the most skilled people, $10,000 props. Like, I got a dunk tank. Like, it's, you can't, I can't go to the bar. Some dude's not like, I got a dunk tank in the back. Do you want to come? It just, doesn't work that way. So I did, I got a reputation for doing the most extreme stuff because I don't have any fear. I was born without the fear button. It just, it needs to go up to 11 to get my attention. My brain's like a radio dial and it's, if I am not a drooling, undone, glassy-eyed mess who can't remember her name, you haven't gotten my attention. I had done everything that kink could offer. They orgasmed me till I threw up and passed out. <laughs> if you have 50 orgasms in one hour, which as it turns out, I can, it's a bit like running a marathon, you will throw up and pass out. <laughs> they get you a bucket, but they have to cut out the, the vomiting part because that's against the credit card processors get all fussy about that, so. <laughs> no vomit. Yes, sorry about that, my bad. So I, what I really wanted to work for was insects. And insects is the OG. Like kink is, uh, I don't want to say vanilla, because if anyone's watched kink.com, you're like, that's not vanilla. It is compared to insects. So I started dating a rigger named Tom, who was recognized as one of the best riggers in the world. So skilled. And he's like, hey, uh, come to insects, and we'll do a shoot. And I was like, you have my attention. Let's do it. Now, Insects is located in upstate New York in the middle of nowhere. It's a three-hour drive out into the woods. There's no town. There's no bar. There's no place to go. It is you and nature and a quarter of a million dollars of handmade 
bondage equipment done by a Russian man named KGB. I don't actually know what his real name is. He was like, hey, KGB, I see you're making an Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's what I'm doing this week. That's how that works. Mosquitoes everywhere. You're just like out in nature getting the shit whipped out of you. It was really relaxing. It's very zen-like. <laughs> so Tom says to me, hey, Rain, would you like for me to crucify you and suspend you upside down off a tree and bury you underground and cane you with a plastic bag over your head. Yes, I would. <laughs> Very much. Yes, please. I want, I want to do that. I think of life as I'm an experience collector and I collect experiences and I put them in the mental scrapbook of my mind. And when I die, I want to look back at my life and have a bulging, thick scrapbook full of every amazing experience I have managed to collect. So if you're going to bury me upside down and crucify me, yes, please. The day of the shoot, like, I wake up. It's like Christmas. I'm so excited. This is it. Oh, my God. Fuck yes. I'm not a librarian, but I'm going to be crucified. And... <laughs> The thing is, it takes like a crew of eight people. You need like a backhoe. Like to, I have new respect for murderers. They're always like showing, they're just like digging holes and dropping bodies. That shit's challenging. You're gonna be out there for a while. We had a crew of eight people and a licensed EMT. We needed a backhoe. So we dig the hole big enough that I can be buried in. And then Tom's like, all right, are you ready to go? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm ready to go. So the thing is with ankle suspensions, it, it's a very specific art. You have to wrap leather and you can't have it hit an ankle bone because a quarter of a millimeter is the difference between yes, I can take the suspension and holy fuck, my leg is gonna fall off. But Tom is an absolute expert. He knows what he's doing. So he starts wrapping these ankle wraps on me and he starts lifting me up. I'm attached to a pulley off a tree We've used the backhoe to prep out this hole that I'm gonna be buried in. And he starts to lift my body up off, and he's like, can you take it? Can you take the weight? And I'm like, yes, I can. Starts to lift me up a little more. Then I'm fully suspended, just hanging there like the world's weirdest wind chime. Just, <laughs> and he's like, how are you doing? Can you take it? I'm like, yes, yes, I can take it. He's like, okay, and he takes a, a, a large wooden pole and he starts wrapping the rope around, wraps me to the pole, now I'm crucified. He starts wrapping rope around my breast and hangs large boulders off my breast. It was, it was a bit painful. Then he takes a plastic bag and he puts the bag over my head and he starts taping it around my neck. Now, I know this might seem a little scary, but let me explain, it had a breathing tube. So I look like uh, a naked elephant man, but with large breasts. So the bag's around my head and the breathing tube is projecting out and he starts lowering me into the hole. Now the sky has become the earth. I'm standing on my head, I'm crucified. He grabs a shovel off from a nearby tree and starts shoveling the dirt. And as the dirt starts filling around my face, it packs around. And the last thing I see is that last shovelful, and then everything is black. It's so relaxing. <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> it's very zen. I can't see anything, but what I, I can feel 
He takes a dildo on a stick and jams it in me and ties it in place. And he starts caning me. He's got a portable vibrator. Then I can't breathe. The reason I can't breathe is in between vibrating me and caning me and whipping me, he would take his thumb and put it over the hole of the breathing tube. Go on, stay with me. It's not that bad. I made it. Here I am. Ta-da! Let me tell you, it was very relaxing. This is how I meditate. It's my zen. I just happen to like my meditation with a side of crucifixion. I did mention that it takes to 11 to get my attention, right? It does. Uh, it was wonderful. Now I can breathe. Now I can't. This moment, too, shall pass. Now I can breathe. Now I can't. I wait. I'm calm. I'm not thinking about the dishes. I'm not thinking about the fact I have to buy cat food. I'm not thinking that person cut me off in traffic. I am here in the moment, and the only thing that matters is the next breath. Now I don't have it. Now I do. And then it's over. They dig me out, he pulls me out, he starts to take all of the rope off me. He's like, how are you doing? I'm like, well, no one remembered to bring mosquito spray, and there's mosquitoes everywhere, and a mosquito bit me on my asshole. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> That was the only thing. There's like, it was just, if you ever dig a hole and put a bag in someone's head and bury them upside down and crucify them and cane them and whip them, really, the considerate thing to do is to bring some mosquito spray. If, if anyone in this audience has a backhoe and a farm and knows how to work a pulley system, let me know, but please, for the love of God, do be sure to bring the mosquito spray this time. Crucifixion. Yes. Good. Out of the door, line on the left, one cross each. Next. Crucifixion. Yes. Good. Out of the door, line on the left, one cross each. Next. Crucifixion. Uh, no, freedom. Hmm? What? Uh, freedom for me. They said I hadn't done anything so I could go free and live on an island somewhere. Oh. Oh, well, that's jolly good. Well. Off you go, then. Nah, I'm only pulling your leg. It's crucifixion, really. Oh, I see. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, out of the door. Yeah, I know the way. Out the door, one cross each, line on the left. Thank you. Crucifixion? Yes, please. I want, I want to do that. Good. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings, these are a few of my favorite things. Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings, these are a few of my favorite things. 
Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into springs. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so This is Risk. This is Julie Andrews behind me now. And we just heard One Cross Each by Taj Easton. Before that, we heard from the one and only Rain DeGray. And you've got to check out raindegray.com where you can learn more about Rain's writing, classes, porn work. We're hoping to feature another story from Rain soon about how she was raised in a cult. You know, we're always interested in hearing stories like that, where a person was trained into a belief system that they had to deprogram themselves from. Also, stop and think for a moment. Do you have a story about facing a phobia? I'm always intrigued by stories where someone has intense anxiety around something, but finally finds a way to step into and through that fear. Or maybe you have a story about something you refuse to do the way that everyone else seems to do it. Maybe you feel like everyone around you seems to think or feel or believe or have a habit of doing things one way, and you just insist on marching to the beat of your own drummer when it comes to that thing. I love hearing about that sort of thing. Or how about a story about a time you were the bad guy, as they say. You did something, you feel it takes guts to admit that you did, because it reveals something you're not proud of. You know, whether you're pitching us a four-minute-long anecdote, or a full-length story. You can reach out to us at pitches at risk-show.com. Ask any questions you may have. All you need to know about how to pitch us a story is on the submissions page at risk-show.com slash submissions. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're back. Folks, earlier in the episode, I mentioned those nearly 100 hours of bonus content at patreon.com slash risk. And this week, we've added a story by the hilarious Matt Bronger. He got to the third tree and a voice came out of one of the trees and said, you are trespassing on private land. Like, oh shit. And he came back and he was like, a fucking tree. Talk to me, man. A tree told me to fuck off, dude. That and so much more is at patreon.com slash risk, where by becoming a member, 
or by increasing your monthly donation, you help keep Risk running. We need it, and we appreciate it. And if you want to make a one-time donation, that's at paypal.me slash risk show. Folks, today's the day. Take a risk. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so Next week on Risk. I wasn't asleep. You've been laying there for over an hour. I don't give a damn. That asshole over there is whistling. <laughs> so is the movie about a sled? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. Jesus, David. Take a breath, please. Take a breath. Oh shit! Oh Take a God. breath, please. Oh, oh my fuck. goodness, Steve. I've got to put this away before I cause a technical <laughs> issue.